Um, let's go to the other side of the world, uh, across the Atlantic to um, to Mexico, and talk to our uh, Latin American correspondent, John Bonfilio. Uh, John, thanks uh, ever so much for uh, joining us. No problem, Martin. All good, okay? All, all good with you? Yes, indeed. I mean, obviously, we've been in lockdown here. There's still a lot of police activity around here, but uh, by and large, um, everything good. has sort of cooled down a bit, and now we just wait for the uh, for all the stories that will come out uh, after it. And uh, certainly, the big story here is the is the heroism of the people who tackled uh, the uh, the terrorist on uh, London Bridge. Um, now, your uh, news there, I know um, in Mexico, um, there's a bit of a news. Uh, uh, Donald Trump is planning to label the Mexico cartels as terror groups, uh, which is not a move that uh, all the experts are in favour of. Well, I think, it, as ever with Donald Trump, nobody seems to be really very much in favour of it at all, except for himself and his base. Um, so it certainly ticks that box in terms of continuing to to play the, um, the the savages down south of the border card and you know inflating uh, I mean essentially it's a border issue right. right it just keeps it just keeps he keeps playing that that card and anything that he says whether it's about Mexicans being rapists or about terrorist organizations or de uh, designating them terrorist organizations south below the border is it, all a local poli like the vast majority of Donald Trump's foreign policy can always be drawn back to his domestic policy uh, and his concerns in that in that regard the deep worry that uh, the mexican government and mexican citizens have is um, if if the uh, the cartels are designated as terrorist organizations that essentially gives military forces in the us carte blanche to uh, to develop incursions or drone attacks into into mexico as they see fit and i think there's one question at the center of this is Oh, as always with terrorists, I mean, how how do you recognize a terrorist? How do you recognize somebody who's working for a cartel? You know, they don't wear a uniform. Um, the cartels are way beyond people who just carry guns around. Um, they infiltrate all aspects of uh, of Mexican life, economy, culture, society. So how on earth do you actually uh, begin to... Um, to uh, attack them in a war in uh, context, capital letters, as he's uh, as he said, with with your military. So there's a lot of fear south of wh where we are now in in Mexico that this is basically going to lead to a to a free for all, and that a lot of a lot of people who are already suffering massively anyway are going to be caught in the firing line. The the best case scenario is it's just hot air, yeah. and if that's the case, then it you know plays into the standard narrative of him just. Um, shouting his mouth off, etc. But if it's anything beyond that, it's not good news for anybody in Mexico, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, from what you're saying there, it sounds to me like this is mostly for domestic consumption um, because it sort of works for him when he when he attacks the Mexicans. I think it works for him whenever he he paints. Um, you know, the, the devil overseas, the foreign devil. I mean, it's it's a tried and tested uh, trope, which is. Is not new to, uh, to to 2019, which has existed uh, since there's been politics. So, mm. I mean, it should be a no surprise to us that the kind of divide and conquer line, and certainly presenting, rather than dealing with domestic issues, um, dealing with the, uh, like I say, with the devil overseas, or or the the despicable danger over our borders that is threatening, um, uh, that is ex existentially threatening us, for sure plays into a kind of an alarmist 
uh, red button domestically, which is absolutely what he needs in terms of his domestic base and to keep that domestic base activated. Yeah. And um, tell me what's what's going on in uh, Venezuela, because that seems to get from uh, bad to worse. Um, and there are, uh, well, according to a piece I read, um, 4.3 million Venezuelans seeking sanctuary abroad. I mean, everybody is fleeing Venezuela in despair. As far as I can see, what's it like from, you know, from your angle? I, I would completely concur with your um, with your reading of the situation. The only thing I would add is that those are the official statistics. Um, and who is measuring that? Well, those are various measures on border posts and official figures. And how many of uh, how many people that are actually leaving Venezuela are actually leaving via official border posts? Not very many at all. So of the 4.3 million, which is about 15% of the standing population as of about 18 months ago, I think you can quite conservatively add another 5 or 10% of the population has left, which basically equates to one in four people in Venezuela has permanently left the country or semi-permanently left the country over the course of the last 18 months or or two years. Um, I was there recently and any conversation you have with anybody, very quickly you begin to hear of the gaps in their close family, friends, people who are no longer, uh, who are no longer there. I mean, just imagine what one in four people leaving the UK would be like. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, an, you know, it's, a tra it's a massively traumatic event which affects all sectors of, of society. It's not like, it, it would be bad enough if it was just your doctors or just your nurses or just your, your, your journalists, but it's not. It's, po it's pockmarks right across all levels um, and demographics of the entire society. Yeah. And where are they going? They, I mean, I know Colombia, Ecuador, are they, is, is it sort of all now, over? Now, yes, more local countries. So I think you can mark the, uh, the diaspora or the mass migration in kind of three, three, um, three sections, three kind of departures. The first one probably started taking place 20 years ago when Chavez came, came to power. And at that point, because of the kind of the leftist politics in, in place, um, there was a, a, a great fear amongst the people who held kind of power and control and and had and were at the top of the socio-economic pyramid, if you like. Um, so they left, and they left predominantly to Spain, uh, to the U.S., a little bit less to Canada, but but more more or less they left on flights and they took them. Uh, their economy with them, or they invested in, in different countries. They've probably still got little bits of investment back home, but largely speaking, they left and they took all their money with them. The second wave, you can pretty much trace back to 2012, 2013, when everything started to go horribly wrong. When, when Chavez died, Maduro took the reins of power, and for a, a, a whole series of, of reasons we can that would take us a long time to go into, mm. things started to go deeply, deeply wrong in Venezuela. And at that point, the professionals left. So that's when your doctors, um, your journalists left, uh, your empresarios, your entrepreneurs. Um, so at, at that point, you've got that kind of, um, I wouldn't quite say intelligentsia, but almost that, that, that sort of um, the academic elite, if you like, the professional elite, the middle classes who could, then left, and they left predominantly because they they couldn't make ends meet at home, and they thought that overseas they they could do better. Um, and they also left on planes, mostly to your Chile, your Uruguay, your Argentina. So it was a slightly broader diaspora at that point, for sure. The U.S. as well, and Spain, and Canada, and then this more recent um, movement loss of people has basically been the desperate um, working classes who just cannot make ends meet at all who are eating rotten meat, who are suffering from diseases which they thought 
were eradicated and are just getting out of the country. It doesn't matter where they go. They're selling their hair as they cross the border into Colombia for a pittance. They just want to get out of the country. Uh, and so fairly obviously because they've got no wherewithal, no, no financial... Mm. Um, no financial recourse, they just go wherever they can. So that is automatically into your neighboring country. So that's your Colombia, as you said before, your Ecuador, uh, your Brazil, your Trinidad. It's a much more local uh, lo local migration. In the history of Latin America, um, it's the, the largest ever local migration, internal migration in the history of Latin America that's wow. taking place at the moment. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, it really is a case of would the last one out switch the lights off because um, I can't see that there's much incentive to stay at the moment with, you know, with hyperinflation and shortages and such like. No, and the people that are left really either have some kind of vested interest with the, with the government or with the, or the, or the military or they really can't leave or there's some kind of reason, maybe because they're earning in dollars there because, you know, again, when I was there recently, the sovereign Bolivar, which is the, the de facto currency, just cannot be, you know, you cannot find it. And even if you can withdraw it at a, at a cash point, it's not the maximum amount you can withdraw in us is not enough for your, for your bus fare home. Uh, Guaido is back on the scene, so the uh, Maduro's antagonist, Maduro, the uh, the current president, obviously the left-wing president, and then uh, uh, Juan Guaido, the self-appointed president who came up. This is now a year ago. Can you imagine this? The demonstrations a year ago, where he where he said everything was going to change, um, and it emphatically didn't. And they're still playing off it against each other. They were just rival demonstrations just yesterday in in Caracas, significantly down in number. But it's 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 a little bit like. Uh, I don't know, we live in a time of superhero movies. It's almost like Superman and Batman, but without the interesting backstory and with, with no superpowers whatsoever to, to speak of. Just kind of super stupidities and super, super weaknesses. Nightmarish, nightmarish. Uh, John, thanks ever so much for uh, bringing us up to date with all that. Do appreciate it. No problem, Martin. Take care. Thanks a lot. Uh